0: Okay, so I already know what you're thinking. Working remotely on a permanent basis is as glamorous as it gets for some nine to five employees. But surely we all know by now that it has its drawbacks as well. That's what I'm talking about today. As someone who aspires to be a full time entrepreneur, I can transparently see. working from home on a permanent basis as a means to that transition later. Okay, not the end-all be-all. This is the best work um, setup possible, but just as a means to make that transition easier. I'm not sure when it'll happen, but today I'll be talking through the framework I'm using to assess the benefits of work from home, how to leverage them, And eventually reach my goal without becoming complacent. What's up, beautiful people? We're back with another episode of the B-Chic Podcast with your host, Brittany Ball. On the B-Chic Podcast, we believe that there is a healthy intersection between money, career, passion, and purpose. Grab your notebook, turn the volume up, and let's get into it. So I figured I should start this episode with giving you some background. I actually started working from home in March of 2020. And I've been working from home for three companies now. And my current one is fully remote. This is not a hybrid situation. It's not a temporary situation. I am fully remote permanently. I do not even work in the same state. I do not even work in the same region as my company. Um, the second job that I worked for, I actually started with them during the pandemic. And I worked in the office for a season before I actually left that job for my current one to work from home again. Now, it was truly an advantageous situation for me to return to this company because I was able to work from home on a full-time basis. I was kind of able to get into my real estate business a little bit more when I first started with this company again, and I already understood the culture because I had worked for them in person. So being able to make that transition was super smooth because I was familiar with a lot of the people I was going to work with again. And I knew how they did things. I also have a boss who is very hands-off, and she gives us a lot of autonomy in our work, and she truly trusts the things that we do, things that we say, and the expertise that we provide. I do not take this lightly. I really do appreciate it because there are bosses out there and nosy co-workers who like to micromanage, and I just cannot stand that for the life of me. But I don't have to worry about that in my current job. And I also had the ability to move cross-country and keep my job and income. I didn't have to stress about finding a new job when we moved from Dallas to Seattle because I kept my same job and they were very accommodating. And I respect that freedom that they give me by adjusting my start time. I start earlier than I've ever started with my other jobs in the past. And I really try my best to do my best so that I am seen as a valuable team member and I'm not let go as dead weight because I'm not in office anyway. But let's get into some of the challenges and opportunities of permanent work from home culture, if you have not thought about this before pursuing a permanent work from home job. So some of the challenges specific to me include working in a different time zone. So those who work in office on a hybrid basis all live in the central time zone period and so I really have to be intentional about when I follow up with people when I schedule meeting times how I structure my day in general to accommodate 98% of the people who work in central time also my office is actually located in my hometown so when I'm back to visit family and friends It's almost always expected that I have to go into the office. And sometimes I just want to take the PTO and not worry about them for a while. Next, I tend to have a huge workload depending on the time of the year. And I don't have much time to slack off. So like many other people, I don't really experience doing a lot of personal projects, things around the house or just slacking off because I don't really have the time to. Now, there is the occasional time a couple times a year where things are a little bit slower and I might have the ability to do some things for myself. But I truly am an eight hour a day kind of employee, but I just get to do it from the comforts of my home because of the workload I have. And because of that, I'm often drained at the end of my workday. So it's not that much different in those terms when it comes to signing off, decompressing, and spending a lot of time just separating myself from the work before getting into my personal evening. And lastly, there are many aspects of my job that are in the hands of my colleagues because I'm not in the office. So because I'm not able to do some of those things, I'm dependent upon the quality, the timeliness, and the attention to detail of other people who I work with in order to get part of my job done. That's a little nerve-wracking for someone who likes to do her work in the spirit of excellence. And like I said, I operate in that way because I want to be seen as a valuable member of the team. That can only be done if I work really hard. Now let's get into the opportunities or some of the benefits of working from home permanently. I'm able to set my own hours Honestly, with me being on the West Coast, I probably could have told them, "Eh, I don't want to start my workday until 830 my time. My workday's previously started at 830 Central Time, and I could have fought for 830 Pacific Time. But honestly, I love the appeal of getting my workday done earlier. But I had the opportunity to do that because of the laissez-faire approach within my department. I also save on gas and the commute time, which is obvious and very apparent and very understandable (laughs) from just about everybody. I get to save a lot on driving and the time and mental capacity used to commute to and from the office. And the other things that are related to that, like choosing my clothing for the day, being able to wear things that are a lot more comfortable or wearing less pieces of clothing, if you know what I mean depending on the time of year and how warm it is in my house and lastly I am very happy that I have the opportunity to care for my puppy without having to keep him in the crate all day although he is at a point in his training where he really could just stay in the crate all day I don't have to do that if I'm at home with him he can stay out wander around the house nibble on some toys he still nibbles on (laughs) some things he shouldn't but you know we're teaching him not to and being able to spend time with him or put him in doggy daycare when I feel like it, but not out of necessity every day, is super duper helpful. But with all of those aspects of the benefits and the challenges of working remote. There are other things that I had to make a priority for myself to make sure that I maintain my sanity and that I continue to grow as an employee within my company, even though I did not have the hands-on experience of working with my department in person, really getting to know those who are in the company, who can possibly help me grow in my career. All of those things are not necessarily afforded to me, so I had to be very intentional about curating my social life, about growing in my career and about setting boundaries between my work life and my home life. The first thing that I made a priority was to use my workspace exclusively for work. I log off at my scheduled time and I'm very intentional about moving out of that space. Even if I'm still working on my personal laptop, I move out of that space where my desk is and I go to another part of the apartment to truly disconnect from work. And I'm also transparent about my hours, especially with me being in a different time zone for most people I work with up to three hours of a difference. I have to be very transparent about what my hours are, and when I'm available and when I'm not, or they will overset those bounds. And there will always be a blurred line between work and personal time. Now, my company uses Microsoft Teams, so it's essentially Skype through um, Microsoft 365, and that's where... We have most of our virtual meetings, and we talk with each other through Messenger. And I have their app on my phone just to make things easier. If I'm walking through the house and I get a message from someone, I can view it and respond to it quickly versus having to run to my computer. Or if I'm out of the apartment and I've already got an approval to be out, but it so happens to be during a meeting time, I can still join the meeting from my phone. However, if I get messages outside of those times or any notifications, that somehow get through the filter that I've set based on timing, I do not reply. I set that hard barrier. And these are things that I know are important for people who work in office and out of office. But these are things that I had to intentionally set boundaries for myself in order to make this work from home life work. Sometimes I actually still work through my lunch break. If I am super busy with what I'm doing and all I'm gonna do is just sit there and eat my food anyway, I might as well keep working. But that's something that I'm working on that I want to become a non-negotiable in the future. I also regularly strike up social, lighthearted conversations with some of my team members to build rapport with them because I don't have the cooler talk opportunities. I have to be very careful in how I talk to people and being social and infusing that in opportunities where I can so that I can still be seen as a team member who they talk with outside of work and well, not outside of work times, but outside of work only conversations and still feel a part of the group. And outside of my work relationships, I don't talk to too many people outside of my coworkers. So I force myself to socialize with other dog parents when I'm taking Zeke out for walks and really try to fill in my social life in those margins of time when I'm out and about as I continue to get comfortable in my new city and really grow in building my social life. And then to supplement that, obviously, I'm not just out here talking to no one and just being lonely unless I'm walking a dog, but I make sure to schedule in time to catch up with family and friends throughout the week so that I can still feel connected to them and still feel like I have a semblance of a social life. Lastly, I regularly commit to therapy and the tools and tactics that she teaches me to cope with stress and everything to stay on top of my health, even though I'm staring at a screen nine hours a day. Now, I can't talk about working remote and making that work for you full time without talking about our move. So I was super transparent early on about moving, but I also acted as if it was acceptable. (laughs) I assumed that it would be approved, that I would still work for the company, still keep my job, even though we were moving for a job opportunity for my husband. And sometimes just being confident and exuding that and how you talk with your superiors, Goes a long way for getting what you want. I was a bit worried when we first moved about my salary changes because we are in a more expensive market. But I did my research and I saw that my salary is pretty much within the range of other marketers in the Washington area. So I didn't negotiate a higher um, salary. But that's not to say that you can't do it. And that's not to say I don't still have the opportunity sometime soon to do it as well. I also mentioned earlier, I set my own hours, but I still make myself accessible to mitigate any frustration around my new time zone or around the move. So I was very intentional about making sure I was available. I was getting my work done. I was on schedule, if not ahead of schedule. And there was just a seamless move in my work. Some people didn't even know I was moving because I was still on top of everything. And I know that can be very unrealistic in many situations, but I just strive to really make it painless on their part so that there was no excuse, no reason to let me go because I wasn't as committed to the cause while I was dealing with personal things like moving thousands of pounds of items to a new state 2,000 miles away. And then lastly, I work around my finances to stay focus on my goals even in a new area so I have had to shift my focus with savings and things like that so when I do decide to make that transition into full-time entrepreneurship I do have that cushion from being committed to my goals despite having this move So let's get into the most exciting part, my work from home framework. I call this my resilience framework because I notice working from home really introduces a lot of negative or poor habits, like slacking off, not focusing, taking more time to get projects done. And I'm not saying I'm immune to any of this, but these are some things that I do to stay on top of my game and to still come off as a valuable asset to the company so that they don't look at me first to make any job cuts. If that comes up, that has not happened, thank the Lord. Um, But if that comes up, I don't want them to look at me first and say like, well, she works remote. I want them to look at me and say, you know, she's a very valuable team member and it will actually cost us more to replace her with multiple people to get the same quality work done. So the first thing I do is skill stacking. Skill stacking is learning at least the like, competent level of knowledge in different areas so that you can be a force to be reckoned with so when it comes to marketing skill skill stacking social media advertising seo email marketing creative um design all those things are very separate skills but combining those together that makes you a very valuable team member and so i'm always thinking about how I can continue to stack my skills and contribute to the marketing department with a cutting edge perspective and pulling from other industries to help us be the leaders in our industry. I also look for ways that I can learn a lesson from my company that I can apply to my own without losing money in my business. So for example, in project management and people skills, I have to deal with a lot of people on the job and I have to manage projects with sliding deadlines and people who like to meet deadlines and those who don't like to meet deadlines. So being able to adjust to them allows me to build some skills to learn some lessons that will help me in my own business without having to learn these on the job with my own business and possibly sacrifice some money. I also leverage learning and testing new ideas. Because I'm doing this on someone else's dime, not my own, and not risking my own money. So some things I've been doing that with most recently is really learning Facebook advertising and beefing up my skills in that area without spending my own ad money. And that has been super valuable. I'm not only adding value into my company, but I'm also building my own skills. And it's kind of related to the skills, skill stacking but I look at it in terms of how it has helped me grow a specific skill that I can use outside of the company. Now, this next piece is still a work in progress, but having a consistent work schedule within my company will also help me build a skill to have a consistent work schedule within my own business. So right now, I have so many projects that I juggle And if I'm not careful, I can go through a whole day simply replying to emails. Every time I send an email out, I get about three back. (laughs) So being very intentional about how I schedule my time and what time I allot to email, to working on projects, to doing updates, all of those things is helping me better manage all of the aspects of my personal business that I will have to manage on my own full time one day. Next is staying consistent with my savings. This is just a part of the process that I have to make sure does not fall through the cracks because it is liable to do so. Not being focused on the savings that I need in order to actually quit my job and start to build my own business is detrimental if I don't keep that focus. So that is a part of my framework to make sure that I'm not slacking when it comes to my future goals that I want to stay steadfast with. And then lastly, I just have to remember the ultimate goal. This is just a stepping stone. This is a very crucial piece in my transition, but I'm not at the actual transition yet. So I just have to remember the ultimate goal, continue to do what I can in my job until I get to a point where I feel comfortable to say, I quit and started to work for myself. But since we're not there yet, I'm going to continue to learn and contribute as much as I can until the day comes. After hearing this episode, you're probably still motivated and excited to start a job that is fully remote. I suggest that you find a strong goal to keep you hungry for success and your eye on the final prize. I'll be sharing in this show's full notes on my site, bcq.org, the annual self-performance review that I'm using to make sure I remain a high performer, even if I don't have a long-term plan for my role at my job. Don't forget your financial goals either, and working outside of your nine-to-five to ensure your financial future.